this morning, I, I, wanna, I want you to open up to Matthew chapter 24. I, I want you to uh, picture yourself as one of the disciples. I think that's helpful uh, for us as we study the book of Matthew, that we would picture our, ourselves as one of the disciples because uh, we're followers of Jesus. A disciple is a learner, a follower, uh, uh, one who's a student of the one that they're following, and that's Jesus. And so the disciples are, are, are learning from him, and uh, they're fumbling and bumbling, and maybe we can relate to that more than uh, some of the other things. But uh, this morning, it's going to be helpful for us to think, to try to think as they would think uh, as they're hearing from Jesus. I also want to tell you that uh, you probably, maybe you do remember, maybe you don't remember the first time you went to an amusement park. Uh, and, you know, you heard of roller coasters, or maybe you had an older sibling who told you that it was going to be great fun, and that there was all this exciting thing. And you say, well, what is it? What, what's a roller coaster? It's kind of like a car, but you don't have a steering wheel. Okay. And you sit there. Oh, okay. You sit there in this thing that's kind of like a car, but doesn't have a steering wheel. And then they, they strap this bar on you. Why do they strap a bar on you? Uh, because they're going to flip you upside down, and it's going to go super fast. And, and, and as a kid... Uh, if you're a thinking child, some of you, are, you weren't thinking child, and hopefully that got cured by your uh, uh, coming, coming of age, but you say, well, why is this going to be great? Explain to me again why this is going to be great. Um, and it's going to be so much fun. They're going to flip you upside down, and you're going to scream, and your, your stomach's going to get queasy. It's great. Um, you may feel that way when you hear at what Jesus is going to talk to us about today. Uh, you, you may say, as you look to the future and what is on the agenda or in the plan of God, you may say, this is too much for me. Why, you know, I want to encourage you that this is His kindness to us. His kindness. Um, if something dramatic is going to happen and we would go unprepared into those dramatic things, uh, that would be something that the Lord is, be as if he doesn't care about us, but he does. And so this morning, um, he gives us some preparation for the days ahead. In your Bibles, uh, chapter 24 of the book of Matthew, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you the first 14 verses. The first 14 verses of Matthew chapter 24. Jesus left the temple and was going away uh, when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, you see all of these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. As he uh, sat at the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and in the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. 
See that, that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All, all these things are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated among the nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hurt one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead them astray. And because of lawlessness, lawlessness will increase. The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. God, we ask your blessing on your word this morning. That's that you grant us comfort and confidence in the days ahead. Uh, not in this world, not in what we see, but in your son Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You've heard of this passage before, have you? Uh, yes, uh, we talk about this often. We consider it, uh, maybe not by opening it up, but as we read the news, as we see visions of what's happening uh, both here and around the world. And we come to the, with the disciples. We are, uh, the, need to know that this is the last week of Jesus' earthly ministry, like he is heading to the cross. Uh, some have suggested this is Tuesday and Friday is coming, right? There's this picture of this very few days are in between uh, the events that we are going to see and Jesus going to the cross. As we hear this, we can uh, imply then that this is some of the things that Jesus wants to take care of with his disciples. Uh, there is a sense where as they have connected themselves to Jesus, that they kind of expect great things to happen in the days ahead. They expect that their future is bright because they're connected to Jesus. Um, often I've thought of this, that, that all of us kind of believe that. All of us say, you know, I've trusted in Christ, and so... My life will escape all the difficulties of life. I, I won't experience any heartache because I've trusted in Jesus. I won't experience any financial crisis. I won't experience any uh, turmoil in my city or state or country because I've trusted in Christ. Um, obviously, that's not the case as we look at this passage. So we start in verse 1. And um, Jesus speaks of the temple being destroyed. It, it says that Jesus left the temple and was going away. If you remember back the last couple of weeks as we've talked about chapter 23, he explained that uh, he had gone from, in the chapters before when he went into the temple, he said, this is my father's house, be a house of prayer. Uh, and he kicked everyone out. And now he refers to it in chapter 23 as your house, your house, uh, because of the rejection of him. And it says that Jesus left the temple, and it, kind of in a dramatic fashion, 
what a picture that he left the temple. Um, and this kind of separation for him of going outside the temple. Now, as he leaves the temple, uh, it, it says that the disciples, uh, they pointed him back to the temple. It wasn't just the temple that he left, but the temple buildings around. And what you need to know about the temple at, at this time, it was really the second, some have referred to it as the second temple or Herod's temple. And, and it was magnificent. It was magnificent. Uh, and, and it was kind of the pride of Jerusalem. It was the pride of the Jews as they would look upon it. And uh, they saw the temple, and it was as if they were turning Jesus' head and say, Look at the magnificence of the temple. Um, the disciples didn't really get it. They thought that somehow Jesus was going to take comfort in that and confidence. And, oh, yeah, we are still great because I look at the temple and how great's the temple. And Jesus looks at, so they're, so they're looking at it together. The, the disciples have noticed how great it was. And they, they, you know, maybe it was a beautiful day. The sun was shining. It, uh, particularly picturesque that day. It was both beautiful and glorious and mighty. And it, and it showed all the greatness of who they were and what they were about. Uh, if you read about the building of this temple, um, it was both beautiful, but it also was almost a fortress. They just took massive stones, massive stones, and put them in place. So it was, it was something that you could kind of look at and you'd go, whoa, that, that's something that can withstand anything. As they looked upon this, uh, they kind of turned Jesus' gaze upon it to this invincible, magnificent temple. And this is what Jesus said to them. As they turned his head, he, he answered them and he says, You see all these, do you not? He says, Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. They looked upon their temple and they said, You know, th this is something we pride ourselves in. This is, this is what shows that we're going to be around forever. This is what we put confidence in. And Jesus says something to them that had to have shook them to the core. He says, you know that thing that you see is beautiful? You know that thing that you see is invincible? It's going to be destroyed. It's going to be destroyed. Wow. Uh, for, for the disciples, it's not a big stretch to think in their minds that they were saying, that would be the end of the world. That would be the end of everything. I cannot picture what would have to happen for this temple to be destroyed. The, the, no one could destroy this temple. And yet, uh, we know from history in AD 70, uh, just about 40 years later, that the temple was destroyed. That, their con that the thing that they took confidence in was came in and, and brought down. Uh, the wailing wall is all that's left uh, as you'd go to uh, Jerusalem now. As you look upon this, Jesus is telling them what is going to happen next. And I, I want to tell you that there's a sense too in the plan of God is that Jesus is the one we trust in. 
in all things. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, right? Uh, we, we talk about that. And as a Jew, as the disciples, as they looked upon the temple, there was a sense that they trusted in the temple. Not the one who they worshipped in the temple, but the temple itself. And as they looked upon Jesus, they, they saw him and they said, look at how great it is. And he says, let me tell you about that that you think is so great. Now one stone is going to be left upon another. It's going to be brought to the ground. And that goes about to happen. Uh, as we look upon this, uh, verse, that was chapter 24, the first few verses there, we come to verse 3, which brings about a logical, uh, it's as if they've moved from right outside, they moved away, and uh, you, you know you, you have this idea. What would what would you think if you were one of the disciples with Jesus and you wanted him to enjoy a moment with you, gazing upon the temple, and he turns that moment into that's going to be destroyed, and then you're walking to your next place and you go, that's going to be destroyed, and and you're musing in your own heart. Maybe you're mumbling to the disciple next to you. Maybe you're just lost and it's just so sobering. You're silent because you don't know what to say. And it says that as they continue on in verse 3, as, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, once again the idea that they're probably gazing upon this, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? You see this and really a move in the book of Matthew from big crowds and lots of people and uh, even Pharisees and teachers of the law and they're coming, they're coming, they're coming and Jesus is talking to a mixed crowd most, most of the time but this is marked private for his disciples and they come to him and they say, Jesus, about what you said about the temple. Can we talk about that again? Uh, what about like like... And, and I'm sure it was perplexing and bothersome to them. And as he sat, they, they asked the question, what, when and what is going to happen? What's going on? What's the plan? Um, tell us. So they came privately and they wanted to know two things. When is it going to happen? And what will be the sign of it happening? Uh, the, the sign that shows this is going to come to pass. And really, um, you probably want to know that too, don't you? You probably want to know specifics too. Uh, most of you are really nosy and controlling people. And if I said, you know, we're going to go someplace after church, uh, you know, if I said we're going to go someplace, be in the parking lot, you'd say, when? Where are we going to go? I'm not going to go unless you tell me. Uh, it's funny, uh, being a youth pastor for many years, uh, it's always interesting to go to middle school camp because like every five minutes you get a question. And it's like, when are we going to do this? What are we going to do? What bunk am I going to be in? Who's going to be in my cabin? Uh, when are we going to eat dinner? What's for dinner? Uh, when are we going to go do this? When are we going to And you're like, you're ready to cut the tongue out. You cut the tongue out. You know, that's the only fix for things like this. Um, Gives you an extra appreciation for parents, right? You know, getting all those questions. 
But, but that's the natural heart for us. As, as we look upon the future, we want to know. We want to know. And I want to tell you that as we look to the Scripture, for some of us, it's going to be unsatisfying, the answer. And when I say unsatisfying, I'm not saying that it's not good and perfect and true, uh, but because some of the details are a little fuzzy and our desire to know everything uh, isn't necessarily God's desire as we move forward. Um, And so even this morning, I want to tell you that we'll get into some of the details in the weeks to come, but I want to give you the, the beginning, like this is the intro in the things to come from Jesus. When will this happen? Um, and Jesus doesn't initially talk about when will this happen, but he wants to talk about the things leading up to this time. And that's kind of where we're going to end today, is what are the events that lead up to this end? This end. We know that in uh, 40 years from the time where Jesus is, is talking about this, the, the temple is destroyed. I want to tell you that much of prophecy has a, a present day or an immediate type uh, fulfillment, and that pictures the fulfillment that is to come. And as we look at the destruction of the temple as being the end of, of, of that grand thing, we also look to an end that is to come. There's something interesting uh, that I think Jesus is addressing here. Um, Tell me about the future. Tell me about the future. And some who have studied history, uh, they say that all history is in cycles. It's in cycles. There's a rise, you know, of a country. They become great. And then over time, they enjoy that greatness. And then there's a fall. And then another nation becomes great. And there's just cycles. There's just cycles. Um, that's kind of true. That's kind of true. That's what we can see right now. As we look back, that's kind of true. But I want to tell you that Jesus is telling us here that this will not last forever. That this will not continue to go like this. There will be an end. An end. Uh, a very dramatic, conclusive, that history will not continue to go on like this forever. There will be an end. And he tells us really uh, two groups of events that will uh, be before this as this comes. Jesus answered them. And, and, and this is protective. Jesus wants to protect his disciples. He knows that he's not going to be there in this bodily back and forth uh, instructive way. And so as he shares this with them and as he shares this with us, he's giving us protection, information that will protect us for the days ahead. And he says, first thing he says, see that no one leads you astray. See that no one leads you astray. And why? Why why are we, um, some of us get offended uh, when someone says, oh, don't be fooled by that. You say, I'm not fooled. I'm never fooled. I'm, I'm, I'm intelligent. I'm intelligent. I'm smarter than most people, especially the most of the people at Bear Valley Church. You know, as I sit there, I like going there because that makes me feel smart. Um, uh, I, I want to tell you. I, I want to tell you that Jesus looked at his disciples who had been with him, and he says, "Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled." And what were they not to be fooled by? 
the ones who would come and say, I am the Christ. As we look at that, uh, I struggle with the idea of I am the Christ. I think of there's a guy, I don't know if he's still around, but there was a guy for m- many years, maybe 10, 20 years, um, who dressed up like Jesus and walked up and down State Street in Santa Barbara and uh, sold marijuana. Um, you know, and um, there's, you think of people who claim uh, something and, and, and you just go, I, I'm never quite fooled by those people. Like I wasn't convinced that he was the Messiah. But I, I, I want to tell you, I want to tell you that, that you look at that and you say, well, I would never be fooled by that. But it's interesting, he said, I am the Christ, uh, the picture, I am the Messiah. And when you think the Messiah, the Old Testament, what was the Messiah? It was the king that was to come, that was to fix everything. The one that could fix it all, the one that could be trusted. And I think, I wonder uh, if in a wider sense, we have those people in our midst right now. I'm the one. Thank you all for being here today.